2: From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at Bluenile.com. Bluenile.com.
3: I really wish Scott would stop dancing in the background. Hello and welcome to Rabble Extra here on The Rangers Rabble. My name is Martin Douglas and I'm joined by the fine figure of William Irwin. William, how are you? All good, guys. I'm joined by the beautiful Scott Kennedy. Just, just a salute. All right, <laughs> The ever-present, Derek, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, yourself? Not bad. And the elder statesman of the group, Wolf Marshall. Wolf, how are you? Um, right, Jess, obviously, we're here tonight to discuss the season so far. Yeah. But before we get into that, I thought we would discuss the kind of breaking news from today, Scott. And that is that Scotland is back in lockdown. What's going to happen with the league then? Will the league keep going? Will it go ahead? Will it be a null and void, as so many are calling for?
1: It has to keep going. Uh, We've got all the protocols in place. I think if teams follow the structure, the protocols that that have been set in place, that they've been, on the whole, adhering to, I don't see any reason why anything should be disrupted from the status quo. I think... uh, Clubs should be seen to be doing the right thing diligently. Uh, and, yeah, like, barring it, barring any disaster, um, yeah, um, yeah, should, should continue as as per.
3: I suppose a big question as well for Scotland going back into lockdown, with schools being closed, with shops being shut, should the football carry on?
0: Yeah, I think it certainly it definitely should. For no for for no other reason than it's something for people to look forward to, you know. I mean, a majority of I would say, a from majority of the Scottish population, are interested in football to one degree or another, and it's something to look. You know, some of them will look forward to. They are maybe stuck in the house all day, every day, and if there's no football, then there's there's no form of entertainment that they can watch really, because there's just going to be nothing.
4: Yeah, Martin, I do agree. Uh, we we should be keeping going. We'll be... Getting uh, tested, or they're getting tested uh, all the time before every game. I think it is a couple of days before. Uh, all the protocols should be in place. with clubs have worked hard to make sure those games getting played. So yeah, we should definitely continue. Um, hopefully, hopefully other clubs will, will remain and, and do the same, and we can get the get the season uh, going and finished.
3: If the season does carry on, William, and it's looking likely, obviously that it will and that it should. Do you think there'll be tougher restrictions brought into clubs? Say maybe if teams went abroad for a wee holiday that they should be punished or but do you think in all seriousness but going forward should there be tougher restrictions now brought in for clubs because if games have to be cancelled there's less and less opportunity to replay them see but the problem is
2: like also the SPFL and the SFA were following the guidance set up the current government which allowed teams to travel for training and for games so what Celtic's actually done and isn't actually illegal, I mean, Celtic have basically followed what the guidelines were. So it shows you that the government itself made the mistake of of allowing a training to happen, which has allowed Celtic to go to Dubai. I mean, like, so Rangers could have done exactly the same thing, but at the end of the day, the club chose not to do it. The problem you've got now is on, like, sort of 24 hours on for Celtic arriving in Dubai... It's now turned in that Scotland's now in a full lockdown, which makes everybody look really, really, really stupid, including the government, the SPFL, and the SFA. And it's become a bit of a farce. And I think it's highly likely that in the next day or two, out with the Scottish Premier League, the Championship League One and League Two will be curtailed. Because I think, unless every single team's getting tested regularly, and unless the funding's there, I sadly think the Scottish Championship League 1 and League 2 will get shut down and I think they'll find it really difficult to get back up again and getting the season
3: done even with a shortened season And look Scott, it's not a team obviously that we talk about that much unless we're playing them um, but if, we, if we're if we being brutally honest straight down the line Celtic were, were told they were allowed to do this, they were told they had permission to go abroad but now with the restrictions that have been brought into Scotland with Celtic still being in Dubai is that going to possibly affect the next two, three fixtures, if they possibly have to self-isolate, if if they're made to do that?
1: Um, Well, it potentially could do, if if something happens and one of them gets the virus and they get stuck out in Dubai, or or they have to quarantine over there, or have to quarantine when they come back, depending on what happens. But (coughs) it it really shouldn't even be a discussion, it shouldn't have to come to that. It's it's a really utterly brain-dead decision for them to think that this was appropriate for them in the middle of a pandemic to go off to Dubai. And yeah, okay, if they felt the need to do that and they were allowed to do that, fine, fair enough. But then the first thing they did was go to a pool, have a party by a pool, have a few beers. What? what? How, how, how stupid do you have to be? I mean, it's one of the things, if you're going to do it, don't get caught, right? Don't get caught, don't get pictured. Just do it in private. Do it in a, in a lot of somewhere, Do it where there aren't any prying eyes. Because you just open yourself up to scrutiny, and we shouldn't even be talking about this. Yeah, if they want to, to buy, let them do that. We 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 all know that they're not they're not normal. They are certainly a club like no other. And <laughs> <laughs> like like no other. because they, they it's as if it's as if this isn't. They're in their own little bubble, and none of this affects them, and they can do what they want because they're a football club. Well. Perhaps they should start acting
2: like the league football club. See, but the problem you've got quickly, though, is, is that it's a PR disaster for Scottish football, though. Mm-hmm. Because you've got the... Like, for the outside, people are looking in, and they're seeing today that the whole country's going into lockdown. And yet, like, one of the two biggest teams in the country is currently in Dubai for a week, and the game that they were supposed to play against Hibs has been moved back to Monday night to accommodate that. And it makes it look very amateurish. But the problem being is, it's not just Celtic's fault, it's the fault of the people that run the game in the country, and it's also the people that are governing the actual country itself at the moment with the SNP, because they have allowed this to happen. And now they're trying to come out to say that the SPFL or the SFA should do something about it. Well, no, that's not really the problem. The problem mm-hmm. is that you guys allowed this to become a thing. So, I mean, there was nothing to stop Mullerville going away. There was nothing to stop Hamilton Aki's going away. You know, this was the problem for the outset. And because it's been allowed to happen... I don't... I mean, for all, I don't have much love for Celtic, clearly. I actually don't blame them for doing it. It's the fact that it's been allowed to happen, and now it's been made to look as though they're having to do something to get them back into the country because, potentially, if they're saying in 24 hours' time you need to isolate when you come back to Scotland, that then becomes a farce because how can you then put games back and back and back and back when you're already three games behind? Yeah,
1: but... it's. I think, I think I think ever since the start of the pandemic you should be looking at just because I can doesn't mean I should. Mm-hmm. Right. So then every other club has looked at this and gone right we could go to the line, we could we could go elsewhere. elsewhere doesn't mean we should. Rangers could have done it doesn't yeah. mean that they they should. So yes there's nothing to say that they can't do it but there's nothing actually going right green light go ahead and do it. Mm. And that is what they've taken from it. And that's what they've decided to do. And up until a couple of days ago, where infection rates are still going up and there's still a big danger and there's still a big discussion about it, they still chose to get on that flight and they still chose to go. And then they still chose to go sit around a pool and have a few days. Yeah. And, yeah, now that's talking about this, and now people are saying, OK, well, we've got a problem.
4: But you if, know- you, if you leave it up to clubs, they're going to find grey area. If you give a club a grey area, they're going to go. It's up to the government, the government stroke, the SFA to be strong on this and make <laughs> sure that teams could not do it because Celtic need a break. They've been rotten. They need, a, they need time away. They need to yeah, try and board their team. So they're going to get it and they're going to try and go. That You can't blame Celtic for it. But as soon as you put down people to moral or social responsibility, they're found lacking and that's in everybody. It should have been the government bodies that said, look, you can't do this. No grey areas and we would be having this discussion. I don't want them to get penalised. I don't want any... Uh, sort of uh, repercussions for this because I do not want them to have any excuse. So I hope they come back and everything's fine and they get on with their games because we don't want to be shouting and balling about this and then the SFA do something about it and then they've got another excuse. I just hope they come back and they get their games played and we can move on with our season because this is just totally distracted from what's been happening the last couple of weeks. They
0: they went over because they were allowed to, right? And and that that, as we all agree, agree they were allowed to and they went, right? But they got to where they were going and all these photos have appeared of them sitting around a pool now, I saw a video online last night of them taking the long, the long way to where they were sitting away from the bar because there was a team of Rangers fans sitting at the bar. Now they must have known that these photos would have become would come into the public domain. So how stupid are they not to just say, "Look, boys, we'll just go to a room." Yeah. And to all intents and purposes, the only photos could they could take was them out for a walk. But they chose yeah. to sit in the sun drinking pints. I mean, that, that's that's ludicrous. From their point of view, that's bad management from whoever's in charge of that trip. You can't blame them for going because they weren't allowed to go. They shouldn't have been allowed to go, but they were. And the thing that concerns me about it now is the statement from the Scottish Government tonight. It was, uh, no, it was in, the, the permission was in place for clubs to travel for for training and for match purposes. Now this looks like it's a fucking jolly up. And mm. they've said that they might, they can, uh, and withdrawing that privilege. They're the only club that would affect is us. Because we're the only club that's got to, got to travel into Europe for competition games.
3: Yeah, That
0: really, really worries me.
3: do you know it worries me more than your internet wolf? Well, it really does. <laughs> 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 For, <but> let's, <laughs> let's, like, I had internet in <laughs> 1960. It's, it's that Aberdeen internet, by the way. It's horrendous. Right, but <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on and we'll stop talking about him we'll start talking about what we're here to talk about. And that's us. And I thought, obviously, it's the first time we've had a midweek break since I, since I can remember. Um, obviously, the next <laughs> game's Aberdeen at the weekend. So, well, if we take a wee look at the season so far, it, if we go back to the very beginning of the season, what was your expectations? Was it well, to win the league? Was it just to run Celtic closer? What was your expectations for the season? Um, I think Be honest
2: I expected us to win 38 games out of 38 because that's <laughs> your mindset at the start of every season. And I know that's a stupid thing to say, but that's how, like, when you support Rangers when you grow up, you just expect Rangers to win every game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's just how it is, Like regardless of how shit we are or how good we are. I expect us to win 38 games. That's just the bare minimum. If I'm being realistic, I thought we had a good squad this year. I felt we showed a lot of good things last year, and I thought we would be stronger and we could push Celtic more. Did I expect us to have won 20 out of 22 games? Probably not. Did I expect us to have such a great defensive record as we do? Probably not. Um, So I think all in all, I've been pleasantly surprised. We a lot of what's going on. But my mindset is still, the job's not done yet. And I know we've still got points to get in the board. And I want us to keep winning games. And I want us to keep playing a positive brand of football while keeping clean sheets.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's just me. I want all the time. I want more. I want more goals. I want more clean sheets. I want more wins. I don't want to change that. I don't want to change that mentality. I want us to be the best we can be. And this season... For all we've not been at the games, it's still been a joy to watch the games. When well, it's been a replay of the game later on that night because I've not been able to see it or watching the games live on the computer. It's been really good to watch us play this season. Well, that's been at home or in Europe. Derek,
3: has your expectations matched your hopes?
4: Well, I think I think even a me as the most optimistic Rangers fan, I could never have. I could have hoped for this start, but I could not have. You know, it's totally came out of the blue for me. I expected us to challenge better than what we did last year. You know, I didn't expect us to learn from that dip we had uh, post-January last year. I was excited at the signings we made in terms of adding quality to to the squad. When I thought we might do something, it was Morelos stayed. You know, I thought when he stayed, I thought, you know, we've got a real chance here. We've got Kamar Roof, who looks as if he's going to be a good signing. Uh, we've got Morelos still up to, I've got loads and loads of options. And that was key for me. So as William said, there's no way I thought we'd be un- undefeated apart from the Betfred Cup. I didn't dream we'd be 19 points clear in the league. So I would never, never in my wildest dreams I thought we would be here. But I had a slight inkling that we'd be challenging, we'd be up there because I thought we'd learn from the mistakes that we made in the past.
3: If we look at a wee bit into transfers at the start of the season, well, I think the biggest story like Derek says there was Alfredo Morelos staying. Because I don't think there's many Rangers supporters you would have spoke to at the start that would have says he's going to be here for this season. Especially once we signed the uh, KmR Ruth, I should say. Well, I, I couldn't I couldn't see him staying, particularly when we signed signed another
0: two strikers. When we signed um and Itton. You know, it was to me when we're signing them. To replace Morelis from and we're going to let Morelos go um but i mean fair play fair play to the board they put they put a price on him and nobody came in and matched the price that they wanted and for years and years and years we've we've undersold players and they've obviously shown that they're, they're not going to undersell players and as Ellis stayed that we probably, probably would be giving it a real a real good go you know but i mean i'm i'm slightly different at the start of the season i didn't expect us to win just won 38 league games and the League Cup and the Scottish Cup and the UEFA Cup. I wanted to win the Eurovision Stone Contest, no. PDC Darts and I wanted to just win everything.
3: Absolutely everything. But, but, Scott, right, I want to ask something and a, a serious answer here, right, because I've spoken about this in the past and we went into the start of this season, obviously, we were going for 55, but a lot it's of the talk... <laughs> a lot of the talk was stopping 10. Now, as Ranger supporters, it's easy for us to turn around and go, oh, listen, absolute nonsense. It's nine in three quarters. It's eight in a row. But how serious do you think, A, the supporters were taking the whole 10 in a row thing and the club?
1: Um, well, I can only really speak from my perspective and perhaps from a little bit of what I've seen, but uh, perhaps it is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I've never really been worried about them winning 10 in a row or nine in a row, eight in a row. And it's mainly because and it's, it's almost universally recognised in football that even if, even though Rangers, you know, back in the league for a couple of years, it's not a strong Rangers. It's not a strong league, It's one at a, it's, 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 it's taking advantage of, of people then with their dominance and then trying to lord over everyone and i think the whole kind of world sees that and it kind of filters down to you um and it's only when you actually delve into their deep deep insecurities of um their media propaganda trying to shove the throat down the 10 in a row the quadruple travel travel winners and they have to do this to give themselves some sort of relevance and it kind of makes it worse and it kind of backfires um i've only really been interested in winning 55 ever since we got back into the top division it was all about 55 i'm not interested in stopping them winning the 10 if they win the 10 that's fine they're unbearable to listen to purely because we're so desperate to win trophies and we covet the trophies, and that is what i want that is purely as a rangers fan that is what i've been brought up with that is what uh I love, I love this celebration. I'm, I'm addicted to it. So, not to have it for, for this period of abstinence, I think you kind of get get lost in it, and you create your own desperation around it, and a little bit of hysteria. Um, so, I think it's all about 55. What happens after 55? I don't, know, I don't even know how I'm gonna feel. It's gonna be like full release. That's all this season's about for me. I'll, you know, I, I said before, I want to win the League Cup, I want to win the Scottish Cup, I want to win the, the League, I want to win Europe. Um, if we're just walking away with 55,
3: I'm over the moon. I'm, I'm ecstatic. The, the reason I ask that question, Derek, is because I'm, I'm not doing it to be tongue-in-cheek or say, you know, 10 in a row is a, a null and void idea, if you pardon the pun. But I do think genuinely there's, there's a lot of hysteria within the media of, all, oh, Rangers are under this amount of pressure, that amount of pressure, I try to stop the 10. And I genuinely don't think, su- supporters especially, will always have banter back and forth. But I don't even think the club was, was taking that serious.
4: So, no, I think you're right. I think from where we came from, now, we nearly finished fourth before Gerard came in. We were a couple of goals away at Easter Road for finishing fourth. It was always going to be a three or four year project. Now, Gerard, for me, could we have won it last year? Maybe. We maybe didn't have the depth in squad to do it. But he's accelerated our progress more than anyone ever could have dreamed of. The guy for me has done a remarkable job. We were nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. So for me, I'm, I'm looking at the team when when uh, Gerard's coming in and going, if he wins the league in four years, that's a miracle. Mm. Now as a Rangers fan it's hard to, to, uh, to, to, to say that and, and, and people to listen to you because we expect to win things and rightly so but for me that, that were ahead of schedule I think that's where the boards came from they've said right first year let's make us a, a decent outfit, let's sort the crap out let's get some squad, a squad that we could be proud of second year challenge third year run them close and fourth year win it, I generally believe the, the board would have been happy with that. With picking up a couple of trophies on the way and doing better in Europe, we've surpassed any objectives that Gerald's be, been set so far. And I think that was it for me. From speaking to most um, Rangers fans, you no, know, they do they are, they are obsessed with the 55 and the 10. For me, it was all about just sorting our team out. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all over the place, and I was the only person in a room saying that at sometimes. <laughs> but you know, I kept banging on that drum like we were a shambles. Now we're undefeated in Europe. We've played Benfica, Galatasaray, so on and so forth. That was the aim, just to get us back where we where we belong. Now, a shelf life for a manager is not forever, right? So he was always going to come under scrutiny. He looks as if hopefully we're going to do it this year. I still think he would have got another season anyway. So I think the club's been of that mantra, you know, let's sort ourselves out on and off the pitch. And then the success will come after that, and I think that the board have showed calm heads, and they've got to be uh, they've got to be given praise for that in the last couple of years, especially after the dip in January. It'd been very
3: easy just to get rid of them. I know, one hundred percent right. And William, I could see you nodding along there like a wee happy dog. I take it you agree with everything Derek was saying. Yeah, look, I
2: mean, look, I agree with a lot about Derek says because I think we've got the same kind of like kind of mindset when it comes to these kind of things. I mean, let's be totally honest here. Under Kashinia, we were a joke. Mm. we were literally going nowhere you know I was on that flight to Luxembourg when we got knocked out of a progress I've never felt lower as a football fan than sitting at that airport waiting to come back to Luxembourg no mm. so we, we'd been knocked out by a team really that were nowhere close to us in my mind but then on the play on the way back I was thinking this is where we are now this is where our a very average team Get knocked out of Europe by a team for Luxembourg. So when all of a sudden we were being linked by like, the Liverpool under-18 coach, I know it was Steven Gerrard, but it was a Liverpool under-18 coach. Yeah. I am thinking, that's one hell of a job for somebody to come in and take on. And as Derek said, and he's absolutely spot on, the European campaigns have helped us massively on a financial scale. It's allowed the manager to probably be a year ahead of where he should be. Because three years in the Europa League's brought in, I don't know, maybe somebody will know better than me, probably 35, 40 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was money coming the they into the club in any other capacity. Like, so we weren't bringing that money in with transfers because we didn't have anybody to sell. You know, we didn't have any assets that we could sell. So at that point, the board are the ones that are having to hand over the cash to buy players. We had to buy a team. We basically had to strip the whole team and rebuild... And like we started putting piece after piece after piece together and you could see the wee slight changes. I mean, I think I was there at Parkhead with Derek and his dad when we were like five miles down, we about twenty five minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And, we basically just, and we basically just turned away from the game and we were having a joke. Because we thought we thought we would never see those days where we were literally a laughing stock. But look at us now. We've won like the last three old forum games they have not considered a goal in those three league games. We're a team that's lost five goals in the league after 22 games. We've beat some top, top teams in Europe. We're in the knockout stages of Europe for the second season in the top. We've now got a squad that have genuine assets. I mean, you could ground all the guys on the pod tonight and we can name one player each that we could probably get £10 million for. <laughs> didn't you have that few years ago.
3: Right, so we've, we've lost Wolf. so Scott, the question that I asked Wolf, I'll ask you and I'll just edit it out of the podcast all the supporters, do you think, appreciate this season more if we go on to do what we were meant to do, rather than right now at this moment appreciate what we're doing like William says, in Europe, beating Galatasaray beating Standard Liège, drawing with Benfica stuff that a Rangers team two years ago three years ago would just simply not have done
1: Now you rephrase it a slightly <laughs> different way <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's very stressful at the moment, not necessarily watching Rangers because, you know, my opinion of watching Rangers, I'm very, very kind of almost relaxed about the situation because I know what Rangers are going to turn up. I know the patterns of play. I know defensively how we're going to set up. Actually, a really good point is, um, if I do say so myself. <laughs> it, remember in the interviews at Gerard, after, after a bad performance Gerard turned around and said that is not a Rangers team that I recognize yes. and sometimes you're looking at him going well what what are you on about what what Rangers team I don't I, don't, I genuinely don't understand at times so I was like thinking I don't know what he means he means it was missing aggression it was missing attacking guile. it isn't at all Because every single game that we've played this season, we've had the same patterns of play, we've had the same formation, we've seen the team shift across the pitch in the same way. We've had the four backs move forward at the same time in tandem. They know exactly where they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to play. And if they're not in a position at the wrong time and we've seen how easy it can, it falls apart. That is is the Rangers team. That is the Gerrard team. And it's only with hindsight that you see that from a couple of years ago to where we are now that you can actually say that. So you're absolutely spot on. In ne- Next season, once fingers crossed, one game at a time, 55 is done. All we'll will go. This is probably one of the best Rangers teams of a generation. And for me, I'm always waxing lyrical about this side. It is possibly my favourite side. And if it goes on to do well in Europe and, and wins a league comfortably and maybe wins another cup this season, I think it'll just solidify that. And that probably takes into account the, the, the wholehearted emotional aspect of that as well.
3: Hey, well, we're going to be rejoined by Wolf. hopefully, from all the way in sunny Aberdeen, if his internet's going to allow him to rejoin us. Wolf, we're just talking there about this current Rangers team and whether the fans right now truly appreciate what we're actually doing, or whether, you know, just going for 55 is just, just too much and, and we can't actually see what's what's happening. But if we do go on and lift 55, where does this Rangers team sit for you uh, in regards to previous Rangers teams?
0: Well certainly it's certainly the best one we've had since I would say since twenty twelve and possibly going back a bit further than that. Um but one in fifty five will be a great achievement, but one in fifty six will be a better achievement. Because they say the hardest thing to do is to retain a title. You know, I mean there's so I like a lot of the support, I'm just looking at let's just get the 50-55 win, but I think the, man, the management team seem to be looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. You
1: know,
0: they're making it, yeah. they're making it clear that we're going to be selling people what we're bringing people in so that we're not just winning 55 and then go, well, 56 will come sometime along the line. I think they're looking at hopefully making make a, a sustained run of success, which a lot of the support probably can't see. Mm.
3: Do you, do you know what? Only Rangers supporters, and I mean us five in here and however many, seven or eight people watch this. Only Rangers supporters, right, would sit there after everything that we've went through, possibly going to win a league title, talking about winning the next one and going, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, oh, the but Mark, that's the mentality
4: about
2: Only Rangers supporters. I know, but that's the mentality, though. Like, the see, we grow up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, like the mentality when you grow up, I mean, when I was a young boy, and like my dad used to love me over the turnstiles to take me out of the game, he was always talking about Rangers winning because that was how you grew up. Like, you grew up watching Rangers being successful. So, like, nothing's changed, nothing's changed in the last like sort of 30 plus years in my eyes. You know, like, if you won that first title, the second title should come, and then the third title, then the fourth title, etc. 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 That's the mindset, and the manager's got to get that into the players as well, you know. so if we're lucky enough to win the league this season, we go again next season and then the season after that and the season after that, nothing stops. Mm -hmm. The mindset remains the same. It's winning, winning, winning. And obviously getting back into the Champions League would be monumental Mm -hmm. because the money that that brings into the football club takes Ranger to another hemisphere. You know, Because you're talking like 40, 50, 60 million pounds for one season in the Champions League if you're good enough to get to that knockout phase, which is obviously extremely difficult, but that one season could push us two or three years down the line, and it could allow the manager to go out and bring in one or two exceptional talents, like what Smith was able to do it, that was how we were able to go out and sign guys like Gascoigne or guys like Lowdrop at the time, because like the Champions League football was a big selling point, and it allows you to bring in a slightly better standard of player, and that's no offence to the players we've got at the moment, they're of a very good standard, but a Champions League team can go that little bit further and can offer that little bit more, and that's what you could do, and that then pushes you even further. You know, and that's got to be the mindset.
3: You know, just, you
1: know what, uh, it, like, just jumping, in. it's not necessarily about spending the money either; it's the prestige that comes with it. Yeah. So then, when we look at talent that you know comes from Scandinavia and they're joining like other teams in Europe, because we're playing in the Champions League. We can say, right, okay, well, they don't cost us any more than our existing players, but it just makes the proposition of playing for the club far more attractive. Mm-hmm. And then we can use those players
3: to sell them on. Yeah. It's, it's a self-sustaining model. And that's yeah. exactly where we want to be. I was I was saying there, Wolf, that we've had very few blotches on the on the card this season. The only blotch is the Betfred Cup. Does that still sting for you?
0: Of course it still stings. I mean, that was the, the first chance to win it and there was the old saying that winning becomes a habit when you start waving shiny things about. And That was the first opportunity to do that, and it's going to hurt until such time as we win something. I mean, hopefully that, hopefully that's something is the Scottish Cup, because I think the Scottish Cup finals before the end of the league. But we could win the league hopefully before, even before then. So it's going to hurt until such time as we, as we actually do win something. And I mean, in my in my younger days. The League Cup was our trophy. We, won it, we seem to win it every year. You know, and, it, and it, does be, it does become a habit and it is going to sting. But as, as Derek said before he had to nip away, uh, we've bounced back spectacularly from it. We've, we've won five games on the spin, including beating them. I think a couple of goals, maybe only one goal on that time. Which that, that was the test. The test was when we got beat, could we come back or would we just fall apart? And we came back, so yes, yes, that Betfred quarter-final defeat really, really hurts, and it's really it's going to it's going to really help at the end of the month when the semi-finals getting played and we're not
4: in it. No, no, it doesn't. I, I couldn't care less if I Caledonia, Caledonian Fistle or Celtic win the trophy. If Rangers' name's not on it. I'm not interested. It hurts just as much. Um, that might be a bit uh, uh, unpopular opinion, but I couldn't care less who wins the trophy. So it's not Rangers. It hurt. It hurt me a lot because I wanted to. I thought if we win that trophy that would be a huge psychological boost for us. But again, we've answered the question of that in the last five games. The final's not until February, I think it is anyway. So we wouldn't have got the boost that maybe I thought we would have anyway if it had been mm-hmm. earlier in the season, just like last season was a bit of a blow and we lost it. So no, it doesn't matter to me. Celtic or Caledonia, so I'm still still just as upset we're not, we're not in the semi-finals in a couple of weeks.
3: Hey, so Scott, just finally on the players then, this season so far, who's impressed you the most? And please don't say Hadji. I think
1: has <laughs> <Ruined>. uh, <laughs> Tav, Tav, been outstanding. Tav, you know, when all our chips were down February 2020, doom and gloom, he's, he's almost been advised badly, he's coming out saying the wrong things, and he was slaughtered absolutely, slaughtered left, right, and center. I'm surprised he probably get abused going out and going to the shops or something. Um, he's had a remarkable turnaround, not only in terms of his playing form, but his character. He speaks so well and I, I cannot, cannot praise him enough. And I just, every time I look at him, it seems his chest gets bigger and he puffs out and he's standing that little bit taller. Um, I've said over the past few weeks that he's probably not performing at the best it would be really, really harsh to, to suggest any player should play 70-odd games, 60-odd games in a season and be at 100% for each of them. That's just not realistic. But he never shirks. He never shies away. He's always, you know, the chips were down on uh, Saturday for a fair while, but he's a one along the tragedy that stood up, stood up to be counted. Um, notable... Mentions to the likes of Kamara, David. You know, we've all, all been outstanding. I can't I, it'd be harsh to not include someone, even even guys like Cedric kitten who have come in, come off the bench, and played their part for the most part. And they still keep trying. They still keep working. They still want to be part of the team. They still want to get into the team. But they recognise the fact that as a unit and as a squad, we are just one big first team. So long may it continue. The attitude, the attitude at the moment is spot on.
3: Hey, so William and Derek, I want to come to you with a different kind of question. Not who you've 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 really liked this season, but there's a specific player, I want to pick out who's been out on loan, and I want to know if you used to, if you think he's got a future at Ibrox. And William, we'll start with you, Jake Hasty. He came obviously from Motherwell. He had a lot. <laughs> Scott, obviously, Scott's thinking no. There was a lot of talk around about him. He looked like a top young Scottish player. Is, is, is he got a future at Ibrox? Boy, being honest about
2: it, no. Um... I think they took a risk at the time. He'd obviously only played a minimal amount of game for Mullerwell, but he'd had an impact at that part of the season where he scored quite a few goals. He was involved in creating goals. Rangers obviously took a chance like they have done over the years with a lot of Scottish guys. And sadly for him, it's just not really worked out. You know, he's been out on loan now a couple of times. It doesn't really look as though he's getting enough first-team football that's helping him develop as a player. So I think sadly for from my point of view, because I would like to see more young Scottish players playing in the team, I guess he was rejected. Probably not. It's not going to happen for him at Rangers, and he'll probably have to move on at the end of the season.
3: I'll tell you the honest truth, Derek, as to why I asked that question. Because I was playing football manager, and he actually <laughs> done, he, he done really well for me for about four or five seasons. And he was a player that I completely forgot about. And he was somebody who, when he first came to Rangers, we were told, you know, look, this is a top young Scottish talent that we need to look out for. And he's been absolutely nowhere near the first team. Yeah, I mean it's disappointing because he looked he looked great when we
4: when he was at uh, Motherwell, and then when he signed, he, he, he was almost trying too hard for me in the first the first five or six weeks, you know, as a youngster usually does. It's a worrying. He went to Rotherham, was it, and he done okay. Then when he come back up the road, he's not going into that Motherwell team. I know he started the last game, but he's not going into a struggling Motherwell team, and that maybe says it all. Uh, I'd love love for him to change my opinion because there's nothing better than a Scottish guy doing well on the Rangers first team. I just can't see it. I just think there's, a, there's too many ahead of him uh, and I think that he, he's maybe too raw at the moment, for us to take further chance on him so I think maybe as as Williams already said, I think it's maybe best he moves on, which is a shame because we have took a chance and it's not worked, and it's, mm. a, it's a shame for the boy and, and for Rangers, you know, because he did look at he did look the part when he was kind of eighteen, nineteen. He looked as if he was going to be the next best thing, but again, I'm sure he'll make have a good career. Uh, the only way for Rangers is down, unfortunately, but mm. he will have a good career, and I suppose that that's a good
3: thing for the boy. I didn't mean to end on a somber note, gentlemen. But listen, that was do it. <laughs> oh. Um <clears throat> because of uh Loaf's internet, my daughter and Derek's children, I'm going to have some job editing this podcast. Um yeah, but luck, well, William luck. Derek Scott, gentlemen, thank you very much. No problem, mate. Thanks yeah. Mark. we're available on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash rangers rabble, facebook.com forward slash Jeres Rabble is Derek just you hold on to I'm finished doing this. Uh, Twitter <laughs> at Rangers Rabble. So get like like share. Comment, spread the word. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.